This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. All right, I brought the big guns out today. You ready? Here we go. Let me, let me introduce who our, our esteemed panel is. This is Clayton Small. Clayton and his wife, Courtney, and their team head up our Ark Youth. They do an outstanding job with our Ark Youth. Uh, I've really been impressed with their hearts, not just for our young people to have fun, but for them to grow spiritually, and I appreciate that. Dr. Ellen Moore, who is a real doctor, and uh, she didn't just stay at the Holiday Inn Express. She is a real doctor, and she has a, a, a doctorate in child education. Is that right? It's child, it's child education? Educational leadership. Educational leadership. And, uh, and she does a great job of educating and leading our ARC youth, and she has done that for 13 years, and we appreciate that. In the middle is, uh, is our oldest son, Matthew, who heads up our media and, and really some, a lot of our creative ministries here at the, uh, at the ARC. He also heads up the MCM, and they just, they just yesterday built their 40th playground in, in a foreign nation, and so that's a, that's a great one. And this was, this was Kenya. Kenya. This last one was in Kenya. It's over 100 degrees. He's smart enough to know which trips to go on and which trips not to go on. And then this is my darling wife who spoke last week and did a, a, a wonderful job. So we're going to be taking your questions. We don't know what the questions are. Matt is going to be our moderator. I think we have an opportunity for people to give, I mean, to, to also That's right. send in free. Oh, yeah. no sex questions. Uh, simply because Joy said we're not answering any of those, so no. <laughs> All right. Yes, uh, that number right there, you can text live. It's semi-autonomous. Um, we'll be taking, we obviously can't answer every single question, but we'll try as hard as we can. And then you'll want to go online. Uh, we'll be posting all three services on YouTube and Facebook because every single service is going to be entirely different. So all these questions are different for every service, and it is all off the cuff. Um, they have no idea what's coming at them. So our first question, um, this is for you, Dad. It says, who is your favorite child and why? <laughs> I'm just the messenger. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll say. I'm really glad I didn't have to yeah. answer that. Um, I'll say this is our first question. So uh, w this is for mom and dad. What's the best way to keep a marriage fresh and interesting? And please remember your comment beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, that does it for me. I, what, what do you got? Um, I, uh, I, I think in the, in the fresh and interesting, um, for us, it, it has been a, a strong sense of, of purpose that we have together. And, and that has, that's made it uh, interesting that we really feel like that what we're doing, we're called to do together. And so that's given us a bigger purpose than just simply surviving. Uh, the other thing is, both of us love the Lord, and we have built our relationship around him. Not, he's not an add-on, but we built it around him. So a lot of what we share, we're sharing things from our relationship with him, and quite honestly, that, that just takes it above the mundane. There's so many things in life. There's, you know, the, 
the, the toilets clogged, the dogs sick, the, there's so many things that are, that are going on. But to have something that's higher and to have something that really is, 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 is a more energized, and so our conversations, and we do talk a lot, and, and those have been good. Uh, you know, when, when the family leaves, uh, that's a wonderful time to refresh when, when all the kids leave. Uh, that's not a bad time. That's a, that's a good time. And, uh, and so it, it's, I think you can find energy at every level of, of your marriage. Some are, when, when the kids are little, it's, you, you got to fight for it. You want to add to that? Yeah, I, I think definitely we've always done simple things, whether it was take a walk or have a cup of coffee. But sharing the scriptures, sharing what God's showing us has always kept it interesting, has always kept it very um, warm and engaging and tender, our relationship with the Lord and then together coming. And it, it, we never had to do big things. We did simple things that were just always connected us closer. It was, I did we answer that one? I think so. Okay. Does anybody want to add on to that? or No, Clayton? No? Okay. <laughs> I don't want to add on to it. Okay. Um, this question is going to be for uh, Dr. Ellen. How do I balance helping my kids and being there for them without being overbearing or hovering? That's a great question. I think um, you're half the way there, the fact that you're asking the question. <laughs> what, I think being self-aware as parents is super important for us to realize. I think there's a, a side of us that wants, and that's right, that wants to care for our kids, that wants to help them, that um, wants to see them become everything that God has for them to be. And but sometimes that can easily switch over to our responsibility more than God's responsibility. And I think keeping in mind, first and foremost, that our kids belong to God and that he has gifted them to us as parents, to our families, um, and we are to be good stewards of that gift and, to, um, and God promises to equip us to do what he's asked us to do, but to not take on too much of that responsibility. Um, there's a scripture in Isaiah that says, um, your children will be taught by the Lord and great will be their peace. And the Amplified says, an undisturbed composure. And I think when we say, God, I need your help, but also my kids need you. And so would you speak to them and help them to become who you've created them to be and give me wisdom to know when to step in. And obviously we step in a lot when they're little and as they get older, we step back a little bit. And that's been something that's been really interesting with the empty nest side of things is now that our kids are adults and on their own, realizing, okay, God, you're going to speak to them about what you want them to do. And it's not my place to speak to that or to give instruction or to control or, you know. And so um, I think to just keep that balance in our minds that first they're yours and then they're ours and we trust God to help us navigate that 
and every season. That's very good. Very good. Okay, this question um, for mom and dad, um, maybe more for you, mom. How do I get my spouse to come to church? <laughs> Why is that more for me? I don't know. I know. <laughs> you, you have to talk me into it every Sunday. But you go ahead. I, th I think I, for, for me, the Bible talks a lot about just being an example. I think the best thing to do is to be an example. It does talk about a woman winning over her husband just without even words, but just with how you live your life, how you live your life. If there's something about being close to God, knowing him that um, is very attractive and can draw someone right to the Lord. And so with a lot of prayer and a lot of love for the Lord, I believe the Father can draw him to himself. And again, we can't do things that only God can do, but that's always been hard for me, though, to be quiet and just let the Lord talk to you. Amen. I know. <laughs> you have to practice it. I know. <laughs> Don't you think? Well, I, I think the idea is you, you, can't, you can't force anybody to do anything. Yeah. And, and that's, that's hard. You, you want them to go. You want them to, uh, to be a part of church. You know how much it will bless them. But I, I, what you shared is outstanding. The stronger your life is, the better your example is, the brighter your light is, it, uh, it, it, I think it makes it a lot more effective. If, if you're freaked out all the time or every time they say they're not going to go and you have a meltdown, that, that doesn't help it. And, uh, and, and so some of, it, some of the times just turning it over to the Lord and say, Lord, I can't force them. I, I, put this, I put this in your hands. They always know they're, they're welcome to come, but I'm going to happily go whether they go or not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out with a smile on my face. And after a while, they, he might start to wonder why in the world you have a smile on your face and you're leaving. So he might come with you just to see what's going on. So That's good. All right, this next question is for Clayton. Uh, from a youth person. It says, um, when my parents are arguing, what do I do? It's a great question. Uh, when my parents are arguing, what do I do? Uh, one of the things I have noticed the most with the youth that we work with and teenagers that we talk to is how much they actually care about the relationships in their family. I think sometimes it comes across that maybe teenagers don't care, maybe they don't want to be involved, but I've found that to be completely not true in our experience. And, and one of the things students come back and pray for a lot is that very thing, is what do, what do I do um, when my parents are arguing? I have found that um, students who pray for their parents um, see a lot of results there. We have students who will come back and pray specifically for their parents and come back the next week and say, the dad I haven't seen in three years has started coming back into my life. Um, and so prayer is a big thing. I think the other thing, though, too, is on the parent's side is how much relational investment you put into your kid will depend on, will affect what they do when those arguments take place. So the relational security, they're looking for a sense of security in their life, a sense of consistency. And when you provide those things as a parent, I think it makes it easier for your student to know what to do or how to respond in that moment. Hmm. Good. That's really good. Okay, um, here's a question. Um, Ellen, I'll ask you this. What do you recommend to be the best way to deal with constant rejection? That's really 
hard, and uh, I'm sad for people that experience that um, daily, weekly, um, and without trying to make everything sound super spiritual, <laughs> everything is, has a spiritual component that is very real and critical to navigating life. And the more we can do life with God, the stronger we are. And the more that we are convinced of who God is and what he can do and who he says we are and what we can do, the stronger we are and the less impact these rejections will have on our lives, the less impact. And it's not to say there is no impact because we're human and it doesn't feel good to be rejected. Mm -hmm. But when we can remind ourselves, and I've told our kids grew up with us saying this, and I tell lots of kids here that um, our feelings are real, but they're not always true. And so being clear in our minds to say, right now I feel rejected because of these words or these actions, but the truth is, God, you don't reject me. You accept me, and you promise to be with me, and you promise to never leave me. And um, so speaking truth to ourselves based on the truth of God's word is powerful, and it will strengthen us even when words and people hurt. Great answer. Very good. Great answer. Next question for mom and dad. How do I approach my very sick father about accepting Jesus? He is very much a non-believer. You did that with your dad. I did do that with my dad. I, you know, I just said to him, I said, I... I love you, Dad. I, I want you to be in heaven with me. Just very honest. I think just how much being saved and knowing the Lord has meant to me. I was like, it's meant everything to me. And I know that maybe you haven't understood forgiveness. And I just, by sharing my life, told the story. Jesus died for our sins and he loves you and you can be forgiven. And I want you to be in heaven with me. I'm like, that's not so bad, is it, dad? And he said, no. And he said, you pray for me. And I was like, I always pray for you. I said, but it's when you pray, that'll make the difference. I said, if you pray with me and I can lead you in a prayer you can have peace with God like I have peace with God. And I, he had three weeks before he actually went to heaven, and we, we had an opportunity to pray. And I'm so thankful for that. I kept praying up to that time. Lord, I just ask for his life. I ask for his salvation. And I pray that I can express that um, in a way that he can see who you are and how good you are and how kind you are. And there's forgiveness and eternal life. So I think I think there's also an element of boldness that you had because, you know, with our parents, it's difficult sometimes you're in the child and you talk to your parents and especially if they've rebuffed you, they said, no, no, no. But, you know, if they're sick and they're coming to the end of their life, you need to have some boldness to say, look, our margin of error is really going down here. And I love you enough to tell you the truth. And 
and, and they may be gruff, but when, when Joy's father said to her, Joy, you pray for me, what she said was key. She, Dad, I always do. I need you to pray. This is a personal thing. And so just having, having the boldness to do that and ask the Lord to help you, uh, to give you the boldness. But when they're sick and they're, and they're older and, and, the, and the time frame, the window's closing, it, it's the time to be, to be bold. And here's the deal. Sometimes they may respond right then, but other times we don't know. And it could be it could be in the waning hours and in the eleventh hour, and they can make a decision as long as they know what to do, and and how to receive Him as Lord. That was actually my stepdad who I had an opportunity to pray with, my birth dad, I, and I think that we we need to be an example and be a bold witness, not be afraid of that. He was like, Joy, I've been too bad in my life, my birth dad, and I was like, Dad, you don't understand forgiveness. I still told the story. Jesus died for our sins. And he was like, no, 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 Joy. And I was like, yes, Dad, it's true. It's really true. And I never knew whether he accepted. I don't know. I've had to leave that with the Lord. But I at least told him. And I think that's a good thing. Hmm. All right. This one is for Clayton. Um, How do I protect my children when they're on their phone? Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, my favorite, TikTok. Your favorite. That's a great question. I think that's probably one of the most challenging things in our uh, age. I'm 30, and I can't keep up. And I'm a youth pastor, and I can't keep up. But you're fired. Do what? You're fired. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm out. (laughs) Then you answer this question. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. So I think here's the challenging piece is, is to not think that you're going to be able to keep up in terms of knowing everything there is to know. It changes every single day. And so I think it's more in terms of principles or values or standards that you keep in your household that will guide that throughout the way. I've heard of parents. I don't have a teenager. Um, I get to send them home after they hang out with us and they go back home. And, um, but they turn their phones in at, at night. You know one of our most watched times on our uh, ARC Youth YouTube channel? It's between the hours of 12 a.m. and 6 a.m. And so the amount of technology that's taking place in the, in the middle of the night and in those hours is actually where the danger zone comes with those apps and the different uh, social media platforms. And so my encouragement would just to be to stay in the loop Um, You can research Christian parent um, apps and different things that are also available to help you stay in touch. Um, But I think the, the, the best way is to just talk to your kids. Have conversations with your kids. Stay in the loop. Um, you're not going to be able to guard every single thing. And in fact, as Ellen was saying, it's like the goal at the end of the day, by the time they turn 18, is you want them to move out of your house. You want them to gain a sense of independence. You want them to grow and be able to handle those things on their own. But while they're 12, 13, 14, you're, you're helping them moderate that. How much is too much? Um, so I, there are lots of apps that you can use, but I would also just have conversations with your kids. Hey, teach me this. Show me this. Um, play dumb. Let it, well, you don't have to play, but sometimes <laughs> is, is, you know, show me what it is that you guys are doing, you know. So that would be my suggestion. Ellen, do you have anything to add from a children's perspective, maybe? It's, um, I think that's great. And 
at our house as a parent, we felt like as long as we were paying for it, it was really ours. And so we could take it at any time, and we often did. And granted, it's been a few years, and like Clayton said, it's changing every day. So I'm sure there's even more out there now than there was. But our kids knew at any given time, we'd pick up their phone, we knew their passwords, and we would read, I'd go through and just read text messages or, you know, whatever. And they just knew that was part of it, part of the expectation. So you're in our house, our house, our rules. And the thought is that they don't, we think, oh, they don't want that. They actually do. That's right. They like security. They like more boundaries than they will let on. And so when you're, when you're engaged in that way, it's really healthy for them. Yeah. Yeah. My parents still read all my text messages. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> this question's, uh, Dad, for you. How do you properly navigate relationships with toxic traits such as alcoholism, especially when it is a family member? That's tough. And I don't think there's any, any easy way around that one. Um, you know, those are, those are the ones that when you have those toxic type situations, those are the ones that are really going to require you leaning hard on the Lord. Yeah. Again, if you've, if you've got a, a, a situation that's, that's, if you've got a situation that's dangerous, you're going to have to take care of yourself. You have to take care of your family. But if it's just an ongoing thing, um, your, your relationship with God is going to help. And, and again, I, I know sometimes people are saying, you know, how come all of you guys, you're always going back to your relationship with God because that's what, what we lean on. And, and, and that's our help and source of strength. And so you, you can pray for, for someone along those lines. One of the prayers that I would pray is, is the prayer in Colossians. It's in the first chapter. It starts with about verse 9. Say, so God, that you would fill them with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that they would walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. So I'm, I'm going to pray those scripture. I think sometimes the thing, we, we deal with toxic personalities and we come hard against them thinking that's going to change. Unless their heart changes, they don't change. And, and so you're, you're praying for a heart change. You're praying for God to, to, to work uh, in their lives. And then you're praying for God to help you and, and to strengthen you and for you to make sure that you are able to stay strong. No easy answer to that one. I do know that we have, we have groups here that also can help because it's good to know sometimes you can feel so isolated in one of those situations. And so I, we have art care on Tuesday nights and I know we have some groups that, that deal with that. And that's something that would, that would help. The thing you don't want to do is feel like you're all alone and nobody cares. And, and so that, that isolation works. You got anything you want to add? I, in the Proverbs, it says, give strong drink to him that has a heavy heart. I think personally, I would pray as you're creating safe boundaries, which are kind, you can communicate, I love you, even though we have to have some boundaries right now and safety things, but you're praying for their heart. Father, what's even leading them that they're so heavy that they have to have drink, that they have to have these things to make them even get through life. Or, so, or it could be drugs, or it could be yeah. any other oh, yeah. to toxic type damaging 
things. Things. And, and so you're praying for them. Yeah. And that, that would make it in their heart before God, where they're hurting. Um, this is for, we'll ask this question to Ellen and then also for you, Clayton. If you could give parents one piece of advice, what would you say? <laughs> really easy, super specific. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, I think I was sitting here, I was still thinking about the question earlier about the hovering and controlling parent. And I think as parents, it is so easy in this world, what we're just talking about with media, with technology, with the craziness of the world we live in, it is so easy to get sucked in by fear. And fear can be, it can be um, paralyzing or it can cause us to over, you know, hover and try to control and, you know, you're just trying to keep everybody safe. But sometimes um, that goes over into fear because I'm afraid that this will happen or they'll see this or be exposed to this or whatever. And um, so I think if we can recognize that and not be guided by or controlled by fear of the what if, and, and to remember that the ultimate goal of parenting, for us, the ultimate goal was we wanted our kids to have a strong relationship with God a strong relationship with us, and a strong relationship with each other. That's what we wanted at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And um, so keeping the end in mind that that's what we're after. So anything, any investment I am making into their relationship with God, their relationship with me, or their relationship with each other is are great places to um, invest and so I think it would be both keeping the end in mind and not letting fear take over. Yeah, it's really good. Um, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, it tells what Jesus later says is the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. Right after that passage that Jesus says is the most important, it says, And teach these things diligently to your children. And I think one of the things that I see in teenagers that they crave the most is for their parents to talk about their faith. And I know the challenge can be, well, when I was a teenager, I didn't live like this, so how could I possibly say anything? Or I know that I don't have it all together, I don't have it all figured out yet, and if I start talking about my faith, they're gonna see right through it. That would be exactly the lie that the enemy wants you to believe to keep you from speaking that, to sp from speaking faith. And I, I like to think about it like this. It's kind of like a gas tank. A gas tank um, doesn't guarantee that your car has gas in it, but it gives your car the capacity to have gas. And when I think about parenting or being a youth pastor to teenagers, it's our job to help build that faith tank, per se, that they can have so that when they go on to college or wherever they go, at least what you've done is provided the capacity for it. You can't always put the fuel in, 
the faith in, but you can help them build the tank so that if it's their decision, you have done your part of diligently teaching your children the way they should go. Um, And so I, I think in terms of that, share your faith, share your faith, share your faith. Every, every child should. Every child should know their parents. That's great answer. I'm, I'm just going to quickly add to that. Every child should know your your testimony. Yeah. Of how you got saved. Yeah. And, and just and and you, it may not be much to, in your mind, but it's big, yeah. and it, it becomes part of the family heritage, and it becomes it becomes just such a, an important part. You know, there's just uh, we we look for, we all look for the magic bullet. And I think what these two shared is, is, simply, uh, is simply outstanding. We're not perfect. I think with, with Joy and I, I think the ability to also live our life and live our faith in front of the kids and apologize when we missed it. It's, it's so helpful in, in family relationships for the kids to know that the parents aren't perfect and that it gives them the freedom to try to move to do things on their own. And when mistakes are made, we, we can apologize. So here's a fun one, Mom. Um, talk to me about a submissive wife and a Proverbs 31 woman. <laughs> I don't know who sent this, but we're going to find them. <laughs> I don't think we have enough time. <laughs> um, a, a submissive wife um, really, I think, is yielded more to the Lord for me, as yielded as I am to the Lord, um, I, I love submission because if I'm following the lead, then it's his fault if something happens. And there I we go. personally really like that. You know, I'm like, you know, go ahead. I'm going to follow you. And he was wrong. So, um, but it's a good place. It's a good place. Actually, I love the yield. I think that that's how we learn to follow the Lord. It's something that I think we have to work on in our life to stay soft to the Lord. It's another word, I think, for being responsive, that I'm responsive to the Lord. It's the opposite of being rebellious, having to have your own way. Um, So I think being able to be Yielded, I like that word, adaptable in your marriage allows you to be that way also with the Lord. And that's where we get answers. That's where we see God be able to move in our lives in a great way. I think it makes you the biggest influence in a marriage. And I think that's, the, that's what we're really supposed to be, an influence, a godly influence to our husband. I've, one thing I've always wanted, I'm like, Lord, I never want to influence Alan in a wrong way. I never want to influence different from what you would want to say to him or what you would want to happen in our family. I don't want it to be me. I want it to be you, which means I'm yielded to you and I'm yielded in all my relationships. It says be subject one to another. So that's a good God word. Do you feel oppressed? No, not at all. No, that's, that's, that's a good question. I really don't. I feel very secure that you're leading and I'm following and that the Lord's leading and his word is a lead to me and I'm following. That to me is a very safe and secure place. But, but let's also clarify this, that 
you are the big, you are outside the Lord, you are the biggest influence in my life. You are the most trusted in my life. And pretty much anything you want, you wind up getting. <laughs> and, and so it's, but it's not because, it's not because you're pushing your agenda. Yeah. It's because, it's, it's because we don't have two competing agendas. We have one agenda. And, and she, she lets me lead. And so pretty much what Joy wants, Joy gets. So that's, uh, <laughs> let, 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 me, let me close here. A little different Sunday this morning. I, I appreciate it. Got some great answers here from, from this from this family. I, uh, I, I encourage you to watch the YouTubes because they're going to be different questions on, uh, on all of them. But uh, some great questions and uh, I know more are coming in. Every time we have church here, uh, we, we do it for purpose. It's not just to, it's us to meet, it's to give people an opportunity as well to come into a relationship with the Lord. We've done that. We've established the ark on that 24 years ago. We're going to continue that. So I'm going to ask you if you would to bow your head just for a moment. And, and I, I will give this invitation. We're not going to ask anyone to stand up or come to the front. But this morning, if, if you're here and you say in your heart, you know what? I don't even know if I have a relationship with the Lord. I'm not sure about that. Or maybe you're like I was. Maybe you recognized at this point in your life that even though you did have a relationship with the Lord, you're away from him. And, and your, your heart has grown cold and hard. And you're saying, I, I don't want it to be that way. I want it to be different. We're going to say a prayer. And sitting right there in your chair, this, this is a prayer for you. So his heads are bowed, eyes are closed. The only thing I'm going to ask you to do is this. If that's you that I'm talking to, that you would have the courage to say, Alan, that is me. Would you guys pray for me? Would you slip your hand up just across the auditorium and say, that's me. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Great. Wonderful. Glad we did this. Anybody else? You put your hands down. We're going to pray. We're going to join you as a church family. I'm going to lead you in it. And uh, if you will just pray this out loud, always pray so that you can hear it. What the heart man believes, what the mouth confession is made to salvation. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. Now the head's still bowed and eyes are closed. Father, I thank you for those who have prayed that prayer, for those who stepped out of darkness into light and for those who've come back home. And Father, for us as, as a church family, I pray for the relationships that are, that are really strained and having problems. Father, I thank you that you're still their hope. For those who feel abandoned and alone, you're their shepherd and their savior. For those, Father, who feel like there are no answers, you are still the light to them. And so, Father, for those of us who feel like we have been blessed, it's not us, it's your goodness, and we give you all the praise for it and all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.
Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.